How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Artist Network. This is episode 21. In this episode, I bring on Masahiko Torres. Masahiko is an up-and-coming videographer, photographer. Basically, he's, he's an artist. That's the best way to describe what he does. He's an artist. He's trying to make a big break into the film industry one day, and he is starting from the ground up with his own company. And it, it's been great to see how he's grown as a kid into an adult and uh, how creativity has basically been a spine through this period from middle school to high school and now into college. And he talks a little bit about his origins, what, what, drew, what drew him to the video world, filmmaking world in the first place, and the aspirations and dreams he has going forward. So you're going to enjoy this episode. If you're coming home from work, going to school, laying in bed, just relaxing, you're going to like this episode. So without further ado, episode 21. What up, guys? My name is Masahiko Torres, um, filmmaker, and then what I do is just create content for people to enjoy, I guess. And it's random things that I like. Sometimes I'm emotional, so I'll make a sad video. Sometimes I'm happy, and I'll make something that makes makes me happy. So it's just sporadic all the time. And when did you start? I started... So, okay, it turns out that I was making music videos for only two years, and I've been telling people I've been making it for four thinking that I started freshman year, but I actually started sophomore year. Because I look back at the videos I published, my first music video online, and it says two years ago. And I was like, this is probably wrong. So I click on it and I look at the date and it said 2017. And I was just mind blown that I started at 2017. I thought it started like around 2016. But it just shows that small, that small time I've done so much already with my life and video. So yeah, I started sophomore year, I quit B-Boy Club freshman year to start doing video work, well, photography, sophomore year, and then from there, just slowly transitioned into videos. After uh, two rappers hit me up to make a video for them, and I was like, sure, why not? And then it just went up from there. And what made you gravitate towards videography? Who's the funny Okay, so there's Sam Colder, which is, every I think, everybody. Yeah. And then there's Justin Escalona, you know, play the game film. Mm-hmm. He, I saw one of his films because of Luigi. He showed me who the YouTuber was, and I was like, okay, he's cool. And then he made this video called, like, getting into festivals for free. And it was just him sneaking into festivals. Yeah. I was like, damn, I wanted the same exact thing. <laughs> yeah. So I got my GoPro, and then I started just basically filming everything around with my GoPro because I had no other camera. So my GoPro was my first camera ever to start using videography and start editing and all that. And you were into skateboarding yeah skateboarding i started when i was 14 because at school if you weren't skating you weren't cool right now i get, used to get bullied a lot and i was like oh man i want to fit in so i started skateboarding at first i felt like i felt like i had to be forced but later on i was thankful for these kids who bullied me because skateboarding made me lose a lot of weight i was that really chubby kid at middle school so they would pick on me with that but after i started skating everything started changing and then i'm kind of glad that all that happened for a reason so skating opened a lot of doors and I feel like the skateboarding community and content creators, they go hand in hand because there's a lot of filming involved, yeah. a lot of fashion, yeah. whether people realize it or not. And uh, <laughs> It's pretty I, heavy. It's all about locations. Skateboarding, I guess fashion is very big. Turns out majority of trends come from people who skate. Right, in the streets, it yeah. starts there. The fanny pack thing, 
That was because of one skater and everybody started doing it and then it just blew up and now everybody else is doing it, which is pretty interesting. Uh, the location wise is that you have to go find spots to go skate. Like, oh, here's this 10 stair I want to go skate. Here's this, I'm a 12 stair, I got to do a trick down today. Or there's this nice hub or there's this nice ledge in this area. So you travel around and then you have this guy who skates and films. He's like, yeah, I'll film your part. So there, that was me. I was like, yeah, sure, I'll film. I was like this 14 year old guy with all these other 16, 17, 18, 19 year olds just filming their stuff. And I started developing a life for it. And I, want, I wanted to get these videos and make them more cinematic than just another skate edit. And then that's when things started rolling. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I want to keep doing this. Do you feel like you can change the world with your videos? I mean, anybody can change anything. I personally think I have a long way to go for it. But as of now, I, I have an idea. Maybe, possibly in the future, if I make some type of film that just mind boggles you. I've been very obsessed with A24, you know, the company, A24 films. Check their movies out. They're crazy. Like, this production team is insane. They're like, they make the craziest horror films. They made uh, Hereditary, Midsommar, uh, Moonlight. Have you seen Moonlight? Yeah, that was an A24 film. Like these, these are great directors and it's just a great team in general. They're like in, independent filmmakers mm-hmm. who make films that get onto the big screen somehow. So they're really good. That is cool. Yeah. And what, what's something that can be found in all your videos? Or at least when you discovered uh, like a taste or an acquired uh, feeling that you want to put in every video? Because I, I know initially it's hard to have that. Yeah. Do you have that now? I want to. I don't know if I do. I asked my girlfriend all the time, and I was like, yo, do I have... There's, did you see the Reve- Reve- Dreamer... No, what's it called? Revenge of the Dreamers documentary with uh, J. Cole and the, the whole team when they dropped the album? I don't know. There was comments of it, people saying, like, I smiled through this whole entire video. Or, like, this video made me smile, and I don't, I'm barely, like, one minute in. Yeah. I, like, I always want the viewer, when once they click play, I want them to smile the whole entire time, because... There's videos where I watch where I, I can watch it a hundred times and I just be smiling through the whole entire thing. It right. just gravitates this feel where it makes you feel warm and you're so hooked on that it can be someone sitting there, but if it's done correctly, you're gonna be like, what, this is cool. He's just sitting, but it's so interesting. And I've been trying to do that lately with all my films, create like a feel where like, I want you to smile, I want you to feel an experience with it, other than it's just another video this person put out. So I've been trying to do that. And then I just dabbled into color correction I just, I don't know, one day I was like, I just want a great footage. So I started doing it and I found a passion. I love colors now. There's this new thing on Adobe where it's called Adobe Color. And it's a website and you can just click on a color and it'll just give you palettes mm-hmm. all around through the sphere. And it gives you like um, complementary colors, monochromic and like all this other stuff. It's insane. Wow. Yeah. So then I just click on that. I'm like, okay, this is my mood. Click on the video and I'm like, I want these colors consistent throughout the whole entire thing. That's dope. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's a whole new, like, it, it just enlightened me. It made me so happy just about seeing the colors in general. I'm like, this is cool. Mm-hmm. Using photography and videos. Most yeah. definitely. And you use what equipment? Um, I use a Nikon. No, no, not a Nikon. God, a Canon 7. God, not a Nikon. <laughs> no, not that. I'm just saying, like, I use Nikon at school. Yeah. The majority, a lot, the video I just shot recently was on the Nikon. The A50 shot at 4K at 30 frames. It was insane. It was so cool to edit. Cause it was all flat so i gotta put a twist of color on it but i shoot on a canon 70d battery grip 24 millimeter 2.8 stms like kit lens that come with camera 
Wide body is definitely, but typically sometimes it comes with camera. Uh, SanDisk 64 gig, the super fast one, so my my camera doesn't overheat when it's trying to process all the footage. And then a Rode mic, the the on the go, the hundred dollar one. Yeah, about it. And a tripod. No idea what it is. I just got it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And what do you set it? Uh, Adobe Premiere, After Effects, Bridge, and then sometimes I get Photoshop files to put into the video. And uh, I started recently using Animate because I like doing the scribble effect. And it turns out that nice. Animate has a lot of new different brushes. So I just export my video into frames, like pictures, and then I put it into Animate. And then I just draw every image, bring it back into uh, what's it called? After Effects and compress it into a video. So then it's like, it's a lot of work, but since Bridge is so cohesive, it doesn't seem like a lot. Yeah. And with all the, the whole like Adobe Suite, what's your favorite feature that you like putting like favorite in your, app? into your videos? What do you mean? Like, like you mentioned drawing. Oh, okay. Effect. I like, I've been liking rotoscoping, like masking. Yeah. But then there's this new thing called Mocha. Have you seen Mocha? Yes. I just tried it out and it's really good. It tracks everything perfectly. And I want to learn how to dabble and do like uh, these new things where I can make the arm look like a robot hand and the rest of the body look normal. But that's like super intricate and I need the school for that. So I'm just waiting to see what, what they have to offer once I go to school. But Mocha is pretty interesting. Or just, um, uh, what's it called? Follow focus. Where like you put a pinpoint on the mm -hmm. video and it focuses it and it makes a mask and you can put something to hold on to it. It's pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah. And how do you learn this? YouTube? YouTube, friends, and then sometimes uh, filmmakers around me, I just ask them like, yo, how'd you do this? Or or Instagram, like I asked the director, I'm like, how'd you get this effect? Or what inspired you to come out with this idea? And they always respond. And, pretty humble like director to director they're not asshole to you yeah. but if it's like a rapper to director and then you're the, the rappers being all mean they're not going to really respond at all yeah i want to talk a little bit about how like rappers come across when they're trying to get videos done because uh, i know a lot of them don't have money starting off yeah um how how do you work with someone who has a really tight budget so it's all independent work and I have like a certain price for videos that I charge unless you asking for something super simple and I can work and fluctuate my price with you sometimes I work for super cheap because I like the person and the artist then they get too too confident with me so then if I said I'm only gonna do this for this amount of price so like don't expect too much don't expect some crazy outblown edit Later, I want to give them the final product. They're like, oh, can I get this, 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 and this change? I don't like how it looks. I'm like, you only paid me X amount amount. How do you expect me to give you something so good if you're only paying me for a little? And then they start getting this conversation where, like, they don't like you. They're mad at you because because they're, you're not supplying what they had in mind. I'm like, well, you're not supplying me with what my actual price is. Like, right. I'm sacrificing my price for you so you can get something you want, and at least you're getting work. But if you're getting mad at me because I'm not doing exactly what you want because you're not paying me what I want, then it's it's unfair like they get more than i do right because editing takes a while so it's just they don't understand they think one little like one little cut and move everything back is super simple but if you do that then you have to move the audio files then maybe you have to move the transition and the beat cuts because like yes. this beat goes perfect with this clip and now that you move that now you have to find a way to extend another clip to make the cut at the, at the ending better than the first one and it's 
it's a, it's a pain in the ass because a lot of people don't understand. Unless they're part of the industry, then they know exactly what's going on. They'll be like, yeah, respect your price. I'll pay for what you want. Take your time. Do this and this and that. And, and it's a done game. But with independent rappers who just start, uh, what's it called? They just don't. They don't, majority of times, they don't respect your order. So fun fact, well, not fun fact. Start doing this when you start. Make a, make a contract and just be detailed as possible. That's a mistake I made because I've lost so much money. Or had to refund people because they're like they don't like their work because they get mad they're like this is not what i expected i'm like what do you want me to do like run me back or i'm gonna do this to you and like they try to threaten you and you're like oh my god just take your shit and like don't come hit me up again yeah work. so make a contract make it clear make them sign it and then you don't have to worry about anything else because they do something that's a legal situation you can take into court and then no matter what you're gonna win because you have a contract that shows they agreed to this mm -hmm. now they don't want to do it that's their fault because they signed to something they can't comply with. So as of late, you've been doing a lot of music videos. I've cooled down. I haven't made much because clientele is like, they're like, oh, you charge too much. Or like, yeah. oh, you're you're not good enough for this. Like, my homie will do it for $50 and you're charging this. I'm like, well, let your homie do it for $50. Stop asking me to do your work if, you're, if your homie's going to do it for free. Like, I don't care what your friends are going to do. You come here for me, not for... Right. Yeah, so... What's something you want to transition to to replace the time you've put into music videos? Honestly, I've been constantly DMing directors themselves, thinking that they won't respond or be like, oh, it's another kid. But in reality, they respond back. And I just ask them, like, yo, can I go on set? Just stand there. I'll be quiet. Like, I'll pay. I'll, I'll see what's going on. If you guys need help, I'll, I'll bring water. I'll bring a damn cable. I'll bring anything. But just let me be on set. Let me spectate. And then from there, a lot of guys said yes. So I've been on set. I just can't take pictures sometimes because it's their privacy. It's it's a set, so you don't want to expose what's going on. Right. So I help them out. I bring water, or like they teach me tips, and I try to connect with other people in there, the production team, to like work with them, so I can stop working with such small group of rappers and depend on them for an income instead of connecting with bigger people, work for free, but then have bigger connections at the end game. Because if you work with small people and don't barely get connections. And it's cool you get cash, but at the long run, you're not going to get as far as if you connected with the top dogs and then keep learning from them. Right. Yeah. So from your experience with talking to the, the top dogs, yeah. how did they get to where they are? Honestly, they, they always just say, just consistent grind, aim for the highest. And I was like, what do you mean? They're like, charge whatever you want. If you want to charge $600,000, charge $600,000. There's one person who's going to want to pay you for that because they love your work that much. Right. And I was like, are you serious? I'm like, what about the clients you're going to lose? They're like, literally, fuck them. Like, they're they're not going to, they're not going to pay. They're not going to pay. Right. That doesn't mean you're going to lose. Someone else out there is going to pay for what you want. Just be straight up. Like, you know your worth. Understand that you work as harder than they do or they work harder than you, but you're putting effort, you're making their vision come to life. So I was like, okay, took that in consideration. And now it's true. Like that person who paid me, let's say $60, took me four weeks to do it and I didn't win anything out of it. And now I haven't got any clients, but I wait six months and I get 600. Waiting that amount of time is better because making small increments and losing is not worth it. But if you wait and then get a big amount of getting what you're worth, I feel like it's more worth it. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what they told me. They're just like, just aim for the highest and do you and connect with people. Talk a lot. Don't be afraid. Put yourself out there. And I was like, okay, so I got to start being more social.
Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you handle like the pressures of social media and having a consistent feed so you, you grow and you grow your outreach? Honestly, at first I was super obsessed with that. I was like, okay, I'm gonna make it look like this. I have to make it look like this. If I don't make it look like this, then I'm not good enough. People won't care. And at the end, I'm like, I'm just gonna put out whenever I want, whatever I want. Sometimes I do post like random stuff because I'm like, oh, I haven't posted in X amount of time. I need to put something up. So I just find some old archival footage and then just put it up. And then now I'm just like, if I have a project, I'll be like, guys, I'm working on this. Sooner or later, I'll be uploading it and then I just take it out. So I just stopped telling myself, I'm like, likes don't define much. It's just the people around you are gonna help you grow. Cause Instagram, once Instagram falls, if you depended on that, you're nothing after that. But if you have connections and people in work, then it doesn't matter cause those people are always gonna be there. Social media is just a platform where you can show stuff while workforce is something that you can always grow with. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So use it as a tool to make connections with self-promote because it's pretty cool without the internet you wouldn't be able to do well you can do much because i mean if you look in the past you would have to go in person and talk to these people now it's easier to connect suppose you you move to miami next week and you want to meet a filmmaker over there literally you can just search on miami filmmakers and then you'll find a list of them and you can dm them and be like yo come in here like do you know anything i can do or help and then they'll be like yes no or they don't respond it's like easy, easy game, self-promotion. They can see your work. If they like it, you're in. Most definitely. Yeah. What's something you do outside of filmmaking, photography, to I don't know, keep your focus center, keep your creativity going? There's like three things. Let's see. Social media. I like walking in downtown LA. Just walking around in general is pretty cool. Thrifting and just hanging out with my girlfriend, like all these three people or three things you could say. It's just inspiration coming in because every, every single one of them have a special attribute to them. Like walking in LA, you see the buildings, you're like, damn, like I want this to come out something soon. Or when you're thrifting, you just find clothes and you just enjoy fashion. Like I like clothing, so that makes me relax. When I'm hanging out with my girlfriend, I'm like just talking to her and we watch movies or we go out or do something interesting. Cause like we have some similar interests, so we both enjoy it. So we can. Like push forward and that's something that always brings creativity into me because we all have similar interests how do you turn like the creativity you got from like doing these things how do you put that into work if it's fashion i usually compile the clothes and give it to somebody to wear and i take a picture of that if it's a movie i write it down and i make a storyboard i draw it out or i just write in my journal i have a journal of films i want to create when i'm older and i just write it down and then if i can make it myself then i'll just push it out there but if i can i'll be i'll be waiting to make a budget for when i have it i'll be like this is the one i want to make so here it is if it's just downtown la i would just come back to that spot and just bring my camera and start doing what i needed to do when i saw it and I write it down to make sure exactly what I wanted to get from that place. Got it. Yeah. So just documenting. Yeah, documenting. Yeah, you can say that. Exactly what it is. And what are your top three films? That I, like, from myself or from other directors? Other directors. Uh, I mean, this is, hasn't changed for a while, which should be bad, but I'm really in love with the film with Mr. Happy from Vice. Uh, Vice News. It's just a great film that the guy created that had a chance to rap in it. Pretty predictable, but I just like the story in general about a guy who wants to commit suicide, but he meets his girl 
but the guy who wanted to commit suicide went on a website where they could kill him so he doesn't have to kill himself and turns out he's gonna get killed on uh, the 14th so Valentine's Day and he hangs out with this girl and his dates on the 14th with the girl and he just he's trying to like run away with the girl so he doesn't get killed before the guy comes for him and it's a pretty good film it's like a concept about him being depressed finally finding life yeah it's pretty nice uh, another one would be I saw uh, Hereditary recently. That movie's crazy. It's a, it's a horror movie, but not your typical horror movie. It's like a cult horror movie, which is pretty cool. And the idea of it, the storyline was pretty well written. And then lastly, I it's another A24 film. It's somewhere. That movie was crazy too. A24 is coming out with great shit. I love A24. <laughs> and what's something that you've taken away from like these films? that you try to implement? Uh, story. Story is so important to me now. I Although I don't know how to completely implement it in my video, I've taken into consideration that it's not about the shot. It's not about um, what equipment you have. It's not about all this that you need. Like if I had this, it would have been better. Like if you have a story in mind and you can put it through the camera, whatever it is, then you're golden and then people would be attracted to it. You can have a crappy shot with a good story and people would still be interested into it. Just like videos that come out from foreign countries, they have pixelated films, but there's a story behind it. You're like trying to see what's going on no matter what. Like, oh, this dude's running away from the cost and it's all pixelated. You're still hooked because there's something going on. But if it was just a, like a paper down and a high definition video camera recording, you're gonna be like, oh, okay. Just gonna keep going through it. So I, I find like story super important that I wanna take out and like implement to myself. Most definitely. What's your favorite experience on set or filming on one of your own sets? Well, recently, like I told you, we saw the video with Shy Lizzie, the music video behind the scenes, and I was shooting a director's reel. Mm -hmm. Well, not a director's reel, but I was shooting for the director to sh for him to show the other clients what he does. And it was, it was cool because I brought my Canon thinking I was going to shoot on it. And then he was like, nah, dude, like, here, take this. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, here's a red. And he made me shoot behind the scenes on a freaking red. So there I was shooting, shooting a whole entire behind the scenes on a red, which was like pretty cool. So I got hands on onto like professional actual film gear. I was just mind blown like how powerful the camera was. It was pretty cool. It was a great experience. I ditched um, uh, school for that day. And then I ditched, uh, what's it called? Senior excursion. So I didn't go to Disneyland to go on set for the film. It was, it was a well worth experience. Like Disneyland's always there. Going to on a film set, God knows when I'll be back. But. If I keep doing my work, of course I'll be back. But that day, I was like, I have to be there. So I took the risk and I, I lost $150, but who cares? Like, I got to shoot on a freaking red. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So for the camera nerds out there, what, is, what were the specs you were shooting on on the red? I was shooting compressed video. I think it was like 16 by 1, uh, 60 frames per second at 6K or 4K. 6K or 4K, one of those two. And it was crazy. 60 frames on yeah. 4K or 60. Yeah, and then, incredible. Yeah, and then uh, he had he was like, you want to shoot slow-mo? I was like, yeah, sure. So he was like, 120 frames per second. And I was like, mind-blowing. On 4K? I think it was on 4K. And then I went back onto my computer, and everything was like super smooth, and everyone was like moving so nice. That was crazy. Gosh. Yeah. What's your dream camera? Dream camera. Honestly... There's a DSLR I wanted, which is the 1DX. 
now that I think about it, there's a lot of nice cameras, and I think I just want a, a red mini, like a red Scarlet or a red Dragon, and just stay with that, because those cameras are pretty good, and it won't go out of date. Because I was looking at a chart on Instagram, and it shows Netflix top shows that were shot on, it was shot on a red. A lot of shows had super expensive cameras, but they didn't do so well, and the really good ones were based on the small little camera because they got better actors, better story, better writers. So cheaper camera, better story than a expensive camera, crappy ass story, crappy ass production, crappy everything. Right. Yeah, so I think the red would be an ideal camera for me. Absolutely. What's like the price range on that? They're pretty expensive, like $14,000, $10,000. It's a whole year of college. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So recently I saw, I think, I don't know if you've seen it, I think a lot of people have seen it. The new Stranger Things season. Oh, yeah. So for me, the thing that caught me, it didn't have the same story as the other seasons did. Um, the actors got older, so it was kind of weird. Um, but the cinematography on it was... Incredible. It, it blew away the other seasons. It blew away anything else I've seen on You might reference talk about it, yeah. Uh, the color grading. Yeah, I was going to say that beautiful insane uh i would say the scoring and like the music was not as good as the other seasons oh, okay but it, it did have like the 80s like i don't know the zingers and like the sound effects throughout yeah. which is pretty cool but yeah just visually just looking at it off I, I feel like they're they're like you know what let's mess with light because they had neons going on the purple and blue tints throughout the whole entire thing i'm like they're just showing off by now like yeah. They're only doing that to show the colors and how good the they are with color correction. The budget was yeah. massive. So they're like, here, show off light. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, that, that was something that I took away. Just it was well. Something small. How? Have you seen the car, House of Cards? I've seen it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I watched it. It was crazy. That was a good one, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that I want to implement more into my work yeah um, just yeah the importance of color like colors and color theory is insane there's so much i never knew in the moods that it creates honestly so moving forward what are some things that you want to be doing soon things that are scheduled like school that you want to share coming school i'm just trying to get through it and get the credentials just in case like if there's a job and they're like minimum experience or you need an associate's or bachelor's degree to right. get looked upon even though people who have that aren't even as good as independent people just kind of stupid but i'm just trying to have that on my back in case i need it for any type of situation and then just me myself in general i just want to be connecting with directors more and just be on set just completely be on set on music video sets even if it means me just being the water boy and bringing all the people water right that's better than um uh, just being with somebody who's upcoming and waiting a couple of years for them to blow up. And if they're nice enough, they'll take you with them. And then you create a team and then that goes on. It's a rare case. Well, it's not a rare case scenario because it's happening pretty often now. But it's a rare case scenario for a videographer to find that artist. That artist will pay the videographer to do their work and still go together and move on forward. Right. Yeah, so just connecting with directors and seeing if they're nice enough to be like, yeah, hey, you're a good kid, let me take you on, let me bring you on the production team, and here's a new job instead of doing, et cetera, et cetera. And ideally, I don't know, for those who don't really know too much about 
I guess, photography and filmmaking, like freelancing is is kind of ideal in this industry. Yeah. You are your own CEO. Yeah. You're, you're, you're an entrepreneur in yeah. a sense. Um, is that something you want to do? Just being independent is, is the ultimate goal? I want to have something behind my back because I want to make it a visual something more global, something bigger, because I feel that if I have more people on the team, then I can hire others and just bring them on. So there's plenty of people. If I have a company that's actually functioning and I can bring people on, just some people I want to invite in and I'll be like, I'll pay you this amount, but just join the team because I want to help out others, not only myself, because you can't not you can't do anything alone anymore. It's pretty hard. Like you need people on with you to help you or even invest with you. So teams are important more than ever now because if you try to do it alone, you're not gonna get very far. Right. Yeah. Or it takes it takes a very, very, very long. long while to compete with others. Like you have the math mathematician mathematician tried to create artwork for their, his thing whatever he's promoting or like a design it's going to be harder because there's um our architecture design person who can do all all that for them and it, it, it goes hand in hand right yeah so you need every single type of individual to be on your team to grow together one of the most like influential i guess entrepreneurs of our time his name is gary vanderchuk oh yeah G- gary he has exactly what you described he's a t- like a person for like the smallest things. Yeah. He has a guy filming every single second of his day. And then he has an audio guy. He has another video guy and an editor, graphic designer. And if it, oh, it saves everything. Yeah. Because not what, well, imagine if he tried to do that all himself. No. The amount of content he's no. pushing out is yeah. ridiculous because it's the team. It's not just him. Mm-hmm. Without the team, he wouldn't be able to do that. He would probably produce a video a week or video every two days. Now he's producing podcasts and all this other mm-hmm. stuff. So it's pretty crazy to see how he's doing. What I'm trying to do is just have that company that I want to create with all creative directors. Right. And have like different other sources of income. Maybe own a restaurant. Maybe own some property. Maybe own some this and that. Or like have stocks and then get that inflowing. Because if you just depend on one thing and that thing crashes you have extras to back you up and if right. they all crash as long as you still save money then you can invest into something else and get your ass back up because if you just depend on one thing you're going to lose everything once that goes down if it goes down and then you have the law of attraction if you're focusing on something too much yeah then uh, you either overthink it or just for some reason this is not going to work out yeah so if you spread out your your time yeah, to be effort, open yeah that's the way to go What's your, your ideal your ideal world in your mind? I want a house, a really cool architecture, modern house. I want it to be a triangle, a triangle house. I don't know. I just feel like that's super cool. I want to have kids, get married, uh, have films coming out that every single person wins. That not every single person wins, that every single person likes it. And then just win and like win awards for the film, have companies flowing correctly, and seeing if I could give out a hand to other people to make their lives better, and like not go through so much struggle, but to make them realize that there's always hope and to keep going further and further in their life. I I think that'd be ideal. And then having a dog, I want a sheep. I love sheep. Honestly, yeah, they're cute. 
So, looking at the world, like big picture, what's the ideal world in your eyes? I could travel around wherever I want, and like er everything's gonna be accepting. I don't know. I want to live in Japan for like at least a year or two. Yeah. Move out of there, go somewhere new. Like, I don't want to own a house yet until like I'm officially done. Look like. I'm like, yeah, I just want to settle down here. Like, mm -hmm. I found my nice, nice spot. God knows where it's going to be, but I just want to travel around and live different places, just rent, explore, 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 and just keep creating wherever I am. I feel like that would be ideal. Like, that's my perfect road. Just traveling? Just traveling. And then, I mean, you can't say, like, end world hunger or just, like, never see war again because it's going to consistently happen. But just making sure that people know that there's always hope, that there's actual... There's something out there that's gonna make you yeah. go further. And you say the like war is always gonna be there. Like, why is that? In your, in your people mind? like people like creating conflicts. I mean, conflicts are everywhere. Someone drops a penny. I didn't like that World War Five <laughs> or something. I don't know. It's, there's always gonna be because if it's like a utopian society, it's it's not even perfect because utopian things screw up. If everybody's the same. Then something's gonna, there's something bound to go wrong. Like nothing can be actually perfect. There has to be wrong things for, in order to grow and become better. Because if there's nothing wrong, you're gonna stay in the same place and nothing's ever gonna change. And then people are gonna start to realize, or they're gonna be so blind where it's just, it's just not gonna go anywhere. So that's scary. Like I wouldn't wanna see a perfect world because then we wouldn't advance. Right. Because if, like, suppose if we never found oil, we would have stayed walking around and the world would have never advanced. He thought of, oh, we can make cars, we can make planes. And when does like the advancement stop? I mean, we're already advanced so much that we're gonna destroy the world. <laughs> How many years have we got? Like one or two, I don't, I don't 50. know. 50? I don't know, I, I, just heard, I just saw a post. Like, yeah, they said, we got a couple of months or a couple of years before this, everything's irreversible. I'm like, well, there we go. <laughs> We didn't learn, so we're destroying Mother Nature. Yeah. Well, on a happier note, where can people find you on social media? Uh, just Instagram, YouTube, and I don't have anything else. Instagram, YouTube? Yeah. I don't know. I have Facebook, but Facebook I just use to, to look for stupid stuff. Like yeah. Camera for sale, car for sale. Yeah. Facebook Marketplace is booming. Uh, what else? If you want to find me on PayPal or Cash App or Venmo, I mean, you can find me there. Those are important social media platforms. I get money from there. Uh, that's about it. Just YouTube, man. What are the handles? Moss's Shoot. I think I might change it uh, at the beginning of 2020 to Italy and just get rid of Moss's Shoot. That'd be dope. I feel like it would, but I don't know if it's going to change things if people know me by that. They're like, oh, it's Moss's Shoot. I'm like, this is annoying. Maybe Italy. Because I want it'll to be what that's it's like saying lyrical lemonade like Cole Bennett yeah he's known for lyrical lemonade he doesn't want to be known as Cole Bennett mm -hmm. I want to be known as it'll not Masahiko so yeah got it and then YouTube is just my name Masahiko Torres for sure well it was a pleasure of course hopefully get you on here episode two after I don't know maybe a semester of college Woo! Cool. <laughs> I'm be stressed out. Yeah, that'll be a cool update. Yeah. See how you're doing. How you're maintaining focus, positivity, all the good stuff. Yeah. 
So thank you for coming on, man. It was a pleasure. Of course.